0: Welcome to the Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, and with me again today I have Mike Lawless, IMEG's Director of Innovation. Mike, how's it going today?
1: Oh, it's going well. It's winter in the Midwest, so this is this is the bright spot of my day, Joe.
0: Glad to bring a little sunshine your way, Mike. We're excited today to have as our guest, Robin Greenleaf. Robin has been a practicing engineer for more than 30 years and was founder, CEO, and president of Architectural Engineers Incorporated of Boston. One year ago, AEI joined IMEG. Today, Robin is a managing principal for the firm. Robin, thanks for joining us today.
2: I'm happy to be here, Joe.
0: Robin, you're also the immediate past board chair for the American Council of Engineering Companies, or ACEC. That's a really big organization, but maybe a lot of people don't really understand everything that it comprises.
2: So, ACEC is a federation. We have a corporate headquarters, and then we have uh, state member organizations that are chapters all over the country. And the focus of ACEC is purely the business of engineering. It's not a technical society, and I was drawn to it probably almost 30 years ago because the work that I was doing in Boston had pushed me very quickly into the business side of engineering there, and so I found ACC and joined the Massachusetts chapter. And you know, I think the rest is is kind of history. I have gotten so much benefit from being able to talk about business issues with colleagues who are dealing with the same stuff in other firms, and. Um, kind of found my way into the national organization a few years in and after serving on a lot of different committees and in leadership roles there, uh, was nominated to serve as board chair and spent a year as chair elect and then last year I was chair and right now I'm the immediate past chair and I would have people poking me under the table if I didn't add that I was the first woman chair to serve the organization, which is, I think, almost 115 years old at this point.
1: Yeah, I think, Robin, it's been, you know, it's been great being able to spend some time with you over the last year and have some discussions. And it's been awesome you sharing some of the perspectives that that, that you've gained as being, you know, the chair and, and just your overall experiences with, with ACEC. I guess in the last year or so, what, what kind of stands out as a, a trend or something that, that you see as, coming forward for us as engineers in this industry?
2: One of the things that was huge for me was coming out of a smaller firm. I think my firm was about 35 people at the time that we joined IMEG. And we do purely MEP. And realizing that there are there's such a large range of what engineering companies do, ranging from size to where they are, to, to what we do. And ACC as an organization is spending a lot of time working through the process of how do you knit that all together so that it can be a really powerful organization that serves everybody. And when I became chair-elect, it was in the last part of COVID. So all of our meetings and conventions had to be done remotely. We're dealing with issues like you know, workforce issues, and now we're dealing with stuff like supply chain issues and inflation, and you know, it affects all of the member firms, um, including iMeg, and we spend a fair amount of time trying to, to find our way through the what's next based on all of these external factors.
0: Robin, from a technical standpoint, is there any particular challenge or opportunity that faces engineers as a whole right now? One
2: of the things that <laughs> become acutely aware of is that you know whether or not you believe in climate change and you know personally I I do there there are opinions about this all over the place I think that we're at a time where as engineers we have particular skills especially you know from what I'm seeing in IMEG and you know we've got you know, director of innovation and a director of sustainability and, and a big focus on how do we make a difference going forward. But for me, what's coming out of of um, everything that I've seen over the last year or so is that we're just in this really unique moment and a unique spot in history, basically, where we are the ones that can make a difference in what the next generation gets. So, that's kind of my soapbox, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to back off of it anytime soon. But I think that that's probably the single biggest issue that I see engineering firms dealing with, and you know, we're all going through trying to put together what's our strategy for, you know, what's what's our purpose for for moving into how we can make a difference.
1: And uh, I mean, as an engineer, Robin, you know, when I hear you talk about this, it's hard not to be excited because we become engineers. I think most of us, to, because we want to solve problems and we want to move things forward and help make things better. And I think what you're pointing out is with climate change, whether or not it's no matter how we feel like climate change came about or what's making the earth maybe warm, there are going to be consequences to some of those some of those uh, changing climates. And as engineers, we're uniquely placed, I think, as you said, to, to help how do we adapt to those? And then also how do we help you know prevent further warming? Yeah, and I would add, how do we how do we help our clients adapt to that?
2: So it's it's a whole mindset of things that we can do. I think that that ultimately it makes us as a company, if that's an approach that we're taking, people will want to come work for us and it starts addressing some of the workforce issues down the road of, of making Accompanied company with this kind of a commitment, really an attractive place to work for.
1: And I guess, is that a trend that you see then within ACEC too, is that the next generation is really, I don't know, more interested is the right term, but maybe they're more energized or more focused around, hey, how do I really make a difference with our planet? You know, our new engineers coming through, they've got a little bit more, more interest in that area? Very much so.
2: Yeah, and... It, there, I've had opportunities in the last year to have a lot of involvement with some of the international firms that do what we do. And in some ways, I think Europe in particular is ahead of us. It's a little bit frustrating to hear the commitment um, and how far down the road some of the companies have, have gotten with getting into actually measuring what they're doing and the impact of, of how they design building systems in particular, um, you know, that they can they can demonstrate this to their clients. So I think in the United States in general, we've got some catching up to do.
0: You know, Robin, are there particular barriers uh, in the United States uh, that uh, make that more difficult?
2: I think some of it is that in Europe, that building materials got... Really expensive and hard to get long enough ago that they've already had to adapt, and it has not happened in the same way for us yet. I think we're starting to see some pinch points, um, and I think that that government is actually going to put enough regulation around what we do, whether we like that or not. That you know we're going to have to respond to it sooner rather than later.
1: Robin, as you introduced ACEC, you you talked about it being a business organization. And then some of the things that we've talked about are about how we use our technical skills. How do those overlap and interact with each other?
2: Um, I guess you have to remember, I never stopped being an engineer in the middle of all that. So it's um, the technical piece is probably more me speaking, but how do you adjust your business plan to be able to execute and be profitable at the same time? and you know one of the things that i'll never be shy about is that any business has to be profitable to be successful and you really you know whether you're an engineering firm or accounting or you know whatever if you're not profitable it's sort of like how do you, how do you get anything done it's not something to be ashamed of so and that's one thing that ACEC is very outspoken about is in order for us to be healthy and valuable and do what we need to be doing to provide the services that we do, it's okay to make money while you're doing that.
1: Right. The business operations, it's important to be profitable so we can have this impact, so we can help our clients. Exactly. And with IMAG and a lot of you know engineers all across the country that are part of ACEC, I mean, we impact Roads, bridges, buildings, you know, if you look at anything that's done in a community, um, you know, it's impacted by engineers. And, and so we have an opportunity to ideally, you know, in order to do that, be profitable, but then also bring that impact. That's a positive thing for our planet and the communities that, that we work.
2: In. Yeah. So one of the things that is a huge focus for ACC is advocacy and you know, I'm not talking about taking sides with politics or politicians. I'm talking about monitoring legislation that if it's good, then we get active with promoting it. If it's bad, then we have a whole team of, of lobbyists that will go in and, and basically try to kill it off. And so one thing that just popped up yesterday was an email that I got that uh, there may be an executive order under consideration that for federal contractors so you know for IMEG we do a lot of work for the VA we do other federal work I'm assuming we do GSA work if those fees are in excess of seven million dollars a year we're gonna have to start reporting on um, is it scope one and two
1: yep. scope one and two yeah
2: yeah so you know which is something that a lot of companies are not tracking yet. So this is this is a big deal. ACEC has come out and asked for feedback from member firms on whether or not this is reasonable and supportable, or is it something we need to go back and see if we can put a fix in place. So it's, it's a classic example of the kinds of things that, that get done on our members' behalf.
0: As a non-engineer, can, can you guys tell me, is it easy to explain what is scope one and scope two?
2: So this is admissions tracking.
1: Scope one and two emissions are the the carbon that we generate by producing the the product that we produce. In our case, it would be engineering. And then if you go downstream into scope three, that would be the more indirect sources of of, uh, carbon that that may be produced from, like if we were a manufacturer of equipment, et cetera. You know, like if we were a car manufacturer, it would be, you know, how much, what are the emissions of that car over the lifetime of the car? So the scope one and two is really saying to the I think what this executive order is getting to is, hey, if you're going to work for the government, we want to know how much carbon it takes to produce the work that you do.
2: Yeah, there could be a mandate that says that we have to be tracking carbon emissions.
1: Robin, you talked about the impact that as engineers that that we can make. And as I'm sitting here thinking through this and, you know, you've been the first female chair for ACEC, I guess looking back on on your career and, you know, I know you've got impact yet to make. But as you look back, what advice do you have for engineers as we're, as we're going through our own careers?
2: The advice I would give is don't be afraid to ask questions, even if you think they may not be going in the right direction. The beauty of engineering is all about being willing to test the way you're thinking about something. And trust in your skill that you're going to know if you're going in a, in the right direction or if you need to make corrections to get back on course. And for that, it's an exciting profession to be in because you don't always know where you're going. And, uh, you know, so for a young engineer, I would just say be okay with the fact you don't know it all, but it will start to add up for you as you spend time in the profession. Um, I think that, you know, and I'll, I'll go back to what you just said, Mike, about being the first woman to chair CEC. And, you know, one of the things that that I observed in the time that I've been active is there aren't that many women and minorities in the profession yet, and it takes a long time to work your way up the ladder. And so I think that, that um, just being mindful of that and looking for, ways of creating those pathways so that people can end up being the CEO of an engineering firm or, you know, or chair of ACEC. And I, I hope there'll be other women and certainly minorities coming in behind me. And, you know, we're working hard to create those pathways. So it's it's just a good, good approach to take.
1: I think, I think what I would say too, is I think it, it brings awareness, you know, myself as a male, you know, bring awareness to this I have three daughters and my youngest daughter um, we went to NASA and she's you know the the main display is male astronauts and she goes where're the female astronauts she walked by all 40 male astronaut displays and there's you know four or five females she spent all of her time there and so I think just having you in that role Robin is just is super important for for you know other women as they as they come up, in, you know, in the engineering profession, and it does, it does have an impact.
2: Yep, and it's it's a slow process, and it's not always a straight line.
0: Well, Robin, I appreciate you uh, joining us here today. It's been it's been very enjoyable, and uh really looking forward to uh, working with you here at IMEG.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Listeners who would like to follow us, the IMEG podcast, "The Future Built Smarter," can do so on any app. And you can also listen to this and all of our previous recordings by visiting the IMEG website, imegcorp.com, and look for our Insights tab. There you'll find our podcasts and all other types of thought leadership that we provide. We'll be back with another episode in the near future. And until then, thanks for listening and take care.